1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. Valspar Championship bets, fantasy picks, one and done, plus a recap of the players' championship reminder to everyone out there to smash the like button to the episode sub to mayo media network and we have a charity March madness bracket on the go right now the link is down in the description or you can go to leaguesafe.com slash mayo madness in order to get your free entry here's the deal for every free entry that we get into the mayo media bracket A dollar is going to be donated to the Fantasy Cares charity, and we have up to 25,000 spots. So let's try to fill. I don't care if you play March Madness or not. Hell, I don't even care if you fill out the bracket. Just register for the bracket, and boom, money goes to charity. Do you hate charity? Well, if you do, I can see why you wouldn't play. If you like donating for a good cause, like Fantasy Cares, then you should probably go register for your bracket right now, okay? Additionally, the winner's going to get $2,500. or Scott Fishbowl. Uh, seat's up for grabs. I think a top five ends up paying out, so please go play in it. Raza, Cust, and I did our bracket breakdown on Mayo Media Network on the pod feed right now, so go check that out. The Listener's League, I do not have a link. As of yet, I guess they're a bit bit tired after the Players' Championship, and I can empathize with that a lot. It was a draining week after we didn't get the cut until the morning, then there's a runaway. Fun stuff, but I will have that updated for the Wednesday show with Tambo. Hopefully I get it by the end of the show and I can stick it down in the description. I'll update the YouTube Link. If you're an audio listener and you're looking for the listeners league link, once I get it, I'll dump it into the YouTube comment section and description, but I can't update the pod feed uh, to get a link to appear after the fact. Uh, The newsletter is going to have it as well, so go sub to that down in the description. Jeff Feinberg. Another week, another sum of lost money when John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler wins, so... Here we are, once again, top guys in the world winning. We kind of went over this on the fake cut sweat show that we did on Friday. This You looked at the numbers, you saw Scheffler there. It's like, Sheffler's just going to win this, and this sucks.
2: Might have said it on the show. We have reached the point where Scotty in contention, he doesn't even have to be in the lead. Scotty Sheffler contending in a big event feels like Vin- that Brooks Kepka that we used to know. They don't have the same personalities, very different. They go about it very differently. But just that vibe I get, like, oh, damn, it's over. But at least with Brooks, Pat, he was still disrespected in the odds boards with, like, we dare you to do it again. We dare you to do it again. And they'd still post, you know, every major of his probably cashed with a two in front of it. I know the first U.S. Open, you know, I think I even had it a 40. But by the time we were on the last one, um. Scotty, not like the odds are, you could argue the odds are disrespectful and that he's underrated, at least going into the weekend. But, you know, now we're having those conversations again. And yeah, I'm, I'm continuing to lose money betting outright golf.
1: Yeah. The only that's, that's. The, the, the only money I won this week was a top eight from Sue, a top 20 from Sue, and a top 40 from Sue. Fortunately, Ben Griffin ended up catching his top 40 despite the triple bogey on the last hole. But that was dead heated to death. That only ended up paying like even money on my bet. So not a great week. Uh, I was just hoping Ben Griffin could sneak inside the top eight. Then all problems would have been solved, which was hilarious because he had a chance to finish inside of the top eight going into the final hole and ended up coming T-34 instead.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of that, a lot of silliness. The players outside of Saturday, Saturday was a real letdown because it was everything the players shouldn't be. Uh, No wind, an inch of rain on the golf course. The shot makers took it apart. We saw Hoagie, even Scheffler puts the ball in a water. He's shooting seven under, you know, to emphasize his dominance. And so I just need to wax a little more poetic. The guy is 6'3". He's got hands. He chips. He's always good for a chip in. He's He's got the best tee to Green game on planet Earth. And he he has speethian level chips every weekend. Short-sighted, I'll just chip in for Eagle. Hatton makes one on 18. Maybe this thing's interesting. Scotty's in the rough. Chip in. Tournament's over. They'll make three more birdies. He does it so effortlessly, so beautifully used to marvel like dj was the first guy that was just so dominant and then could chip great but his chipping took years right it was like a whole trajectory and then brooks came along and he just could he his short game he had this touch instantly like i've never seen a guy hit it so long and have that sort of touch and we're here it's you know i don't want to take anything away from spieth it felt different he's got three majors he wins but like this level of just dominance and ease is something that feels as good as these great players are. This level of dominance doesn't feel normal and ease for which he goes around on the golf course.
1: I agree with you. That was the name that popped into my head as I was thinking, like, what's the comp to this, this run that Scheffler's on? And it really does feel like that two-and-a-half, three-year run that Speeth is on at the moment. I only say that because, like, we just get a dominating players' championship win. The Masters win last year was pretty dominating in its own right. It, it got close for a little bit, and then he ended up running away with it, and he could eight-putt the final green. It didn't really matter. But we saw that with Spieth, too. Like, when he won the Masters, he blew everyone out of the water. And then he started grinding his way to a U.S. open win. He makes the huge comeback against Kuchar in the open championship and picks up these other wins in just really dramatic fashion. Chipping in at the Travelers. Chipping in to get into that playoff of the John Deere for his first ever win. I just rewatched the Valspar highlights when he beat Patrick Reed and Sean O'Hare in that playoff here in two thousand and 15 14 whatever it was. I actually like 5 years of highlights on the stupid tournament, yeah. which I actually thoroughly enjoy. The but, Chambers
2: Bay chips. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, yeah, but the Chambers Bay one is more remembered for Dustin as you've always said. Of course. Three, I'm just three putting the I final trying to green putting right? air in
2: putting oh Spee's tires. I'm able to like you know, I can yes, I hate Chambers Bay. Although they should go back there. It's beautiful. Um the USGA just awarded the amateur in 2051. Like that's, we don't even award Super Bowls or WrestleManias to the extent the USGA likes awarding its golf tournaments. I understand there's a lot that goes into logistics, but they need to just chill, I think, a little bit um, on that. I'm sorry for cutting you off beat
1: to be an idiot. I don't even remember Sp- what I was saying now.
2: You are talking about Spieth and, and the comp to Spieth. And you're right, Spieth got like, by the end of it, it felt luck sacky a bit. And I called that out and I still take heat for it, whatever. Um, but the start of speed was just total dominance. Like you mentioned, those mass the masters and just blowing people away and making it look so different than the other guys. And on the Brooks note, he's probably la- a night like yesterday. If he even watches or sees the score, probably makes him feel happy about his move when he's like, I can't even compete with that guy.
1: Well, no one can compete with this guy. John Rahm had the shits and he had to WD and <laughs> Rory just kind of went away. He was very Anderker, so that actually makes a lot of sense. There is something weird about this run, though, and I threw this out on Twitter. I got a little bit of pushback, but not too much because I think people kind of agree. We Something needs to happen with Scotty Scheffler, and I don't want it to be like a legal situation, but if we could just copy and paste Shooter McGavin's personality... On to Scotty Scheffler, I feel like it would be far more compelling. There is nothing compelling about Scotty Scheffler. There was something compelling about Speeth. Because when you look at Scheffler, he looks like the prototypical like great golfer, right? He, you he said he's six foot three. He has these great hands. He he hits it a mile. He you know he kind of slips when he that, that's his biggest thing. Like he scrambles crazy and he kind of slips when he hits the ball. But that doesn't seem to be a big thing. At least with Spieth, like who is this like kid who's like tiny and getting all these wins at, at this point of his career? Like he doesn't seem like he should be as good as the very top end guys. Scheffler just looks like he belongs. He's always looked like he, he's belonged. And when he wasn't winning, it was like, how the hell isn't this guy winning? It's kind of strange. It's like the same comp that we're going to have in three years' time when Zala Torres has a major and six wins at the same time. It's like, oh yeah, it just took him a little while to get going. Because I think that's sort of like, when I look at what she- how Scheffler's career has been going... Zalatoris is just kind of the next guy up along that sort of path. Like, he's going to get the putter figured out a little bit. That was always the thing that held Scheffler back, and now five tournaments a year, he just putts unconsciously, and that's going to be the end of it. But he just has no juice. There is no personality, no juice. At least with Brooks, when he was going through this, people had an opinion <laughs> on Brooks. You either liked Brooks or you hated Brooks. People nothing scotty scheffler so unless he goes on some tiger-esque run where he legitimately blows everyone out at every single major all of the time i just don't see where the traction you get with scotty scheffler unless he just becomes an open asshole which i'm for because i want to root against him because i never bet on him or anything like that but i can't bet against him or root against him because he seems like just an affable super nice guy
2: (laughs) yeah he gives you nothing to root against as you mentioned with Brooks, he's there winning, and then he's cutting goddamn promos like he didn't even practice. And the Tiger thing, you're right. This needs to go one or two ways on the Tiger path, either the total dominance or you got to give us some red red meat. That makes me know you're a scoundrel in some ways. Um, he's a total bore. People were kind of losing their minds, Pat, that he went to the range after his round on Saturday uh, and my response is like, What's he gonna go home and do? Read the Bible or play a board game? <laughs> and I don't even think he plays though, these new fun adult board games. Well, I hear they're fun, people like them. I don't go to any of these like board game shops, I don't own them. What do you like? I see settlers you hate, you of you're like, I see settlers of hate c- board game bars. I- <sighs> I see Settlers of Catan and some of my other friends' shelves, but I'm never one to say, let's rip that out. Uh, Scheffler seems like he's playing the like old school board games, like Batgammon and and uh, Dominoes, which is great, fun. Um, I- I'm here for the classics. Was he? So he went to hit balls. And then yesterday, he's like, yeah, people were, were being weird about that. I literally only went to hit 12, uh, 10 balls. He's just worried about his left miss when he hit one in the water. And here's the thing about Scheffler. He'll hit it in the water. He'll still have eighteen feet for par
1: <laughs> and make it every time. <laughs> like,
2: huh. <sighs> you know. And, and people are like, "Feinberg, you're so annoying. You're just, you're just wound up on air on hyperbole." Because a month ago, I was probably doing this about John Rom, and and you're right. But John Rom, I was just like, it was like happy he was winning. It, it didn't feel. It doesn't feel as dominant as this, especially in the big events. That's Scheffler's thing. It's just the big events. He's more likely to blow his lead at the Valero than he is at a at a major or something super special.
1: It, like, it, his
2: trophy you, case is insane. And we're going to match play again next week. And I got things to say about that. Because we went off the air like 10 minutes before I found out that thing was canceled. Well, it break
1: my heart. It's not canceled. It's happening this year. It's just not happening next year. Well, what does that mean? Well, maybe you can come back the year after that. Maybe they'll end up finding a place for match play. I am I like Cuss, Cuss reimagining of, did, did you hear his take about the match play? No. His, it's quite horrible. Oh, it's really bad. He's like, well, you still get match play because the Ryder Cup and President's Cup happen every year.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm the loser that this league that I love just throws pies at my face. They just throw pies at my face. I'm this proponent that you got 50 weeks. Who needs another 72-hole-stroke play event? Add a mixed thing with the women's. I don't mind the shitty team thing in Zurich because who cares? Eight of these things matter, as Adam Scott would say. But if you take away match play, then just blow them all the fuck away. I don't want women, and I don't want team Zurich. No. No. You don't even give me the premier, um, the premier change of pace event. Just get rid of them all then. I don't stand for any of them. I don't support any of them. Like yep. how Zurich would want their name on that shit? When match plays available, it better be one year. Or, or pro golf could become my ex-wife. I don't have an ex-wife. I love my wife. We are amazing. But I'm just saying, they are just nicking away at me. And I don't have the 10-year-old boy equity like I do with the Toronto Blue Jays or the Chargers. I don't. So and they're really just pissing me off. Taking away match play. For who? For what? If I'm if I run an event, I'm begging for match play. If I'm any of these mid mid run event, uh, begging, I'll do match play. Bring match play to me. I get Sunday can be boring and random, but they can do so much with Sunday. They're just too stupid to figure it out.
1: I'm glad They're you. Just, I'm glad you hit on that because I was, and this will never happen. They could, uh, could, yeah,
2: but they could get quarterbacks. I know we've like, heard. Get it. Get
1: a, we've heard. We've heard you go through it. No, but they could do it. It's I know. so easy. I know you've spelled it out like. Twenty times on the show, I'm dead with you on what they could do to to pump it up a little bit. I was thinking of incorporating that idea into these elevated events where there's no cut anymore. How about we still have a cut, but if like John Rom misses the weekend and Rory misses the weekend, that like the fourth to last group is Rom versus Rory in a million dollar match or something like that, and just have them as a group anyway.
2: <laughs> I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. I'm idea on the on the cut sweat that anyone not ranked in the top 70 in a no, like let's keep the cut. But if you're not ranked in the top 70 and you're contending, you're allowed to have Raw or Rory hit up to three shots for you on Sunday. <laughs> Wouldn't that be really intriguing? Maybe we could even like if their events, they're not even in town for, we have them in a studio with a simulator and they could just still be part of it because that's what people are tuning in for. They don't understand the charm of golf at this moment is that the world number 1 can change any time unless we have a dominant player. That's the only thing golf has going for it is how often like um we have this contention for the top. But and I think they'd prefer total dominance. See, and I don't well, disagree, we, but, but we, are, well, we
1: are getting that though because when you take a look at when sports have reached their peak over the past 25 years or so, baseball peaks during the steroid era in the home run race that was the big story but it was also an era of yankees dominance year after year when did the nba ratings start to i mean i know the warriors won last year but that warriors like five-year run versus lebron everyone was tuning into the finals because that was compelling stuff dynasties sell tickets dynasties end up being the things that draw in the ratings. And if Rom and Scheffler are just going to win every single event as much as we hate it, it's actually kind of good for golf. Now, I don't think Scheffler's the right guy unless he to wins like 10 times this year or something like that. It kind of reminds me of the year that VJ won as much as Tiger, but no one gave a shit about VJ.
2: What a forgotten soul. I would got into a YouTube rabbit hole as like the most hated golfers ever. <laughs> I, I don't think I finished the video, but yeah, VJ was near the very top.
1: Is there any doubt that VJ? I mean, I'm shocked he didn't sign with Liv anyway as like a 70-year-old, <laughs> but he would have been first guy to sign up. <laughs>
2: oh, 100%. And you're right. I don't know if he even has any play. Where, Fiji? Yeah, he's from Fiji. Yeah. Um yeah, he, he, oh my God, he'd have gotten the biggest bag from them. He'd have gotten the biggest bag from them if this happened in his day, for sure.
1: But I want to say it was number one, 2004. He didn't win any majors over that time. He won his majors before that, but I think he won like seven times in the year Tiger won eight times or something crazy like that. Like it was yeah. a clear one, two. It's just. It was sort of the anti-Sheffler in a way where VJ would just show up at every tournament and wax people and Tiger would pull the Sheffler, show up at the big tournaments and win them all.
2: Yeah. But also here's the other part of it. VJ, even though being the asshole that nobody liked, didn't gain that like traction of suspense either. It was just, we don't even care for you. Right. Cause you're saying be an asshole that can make you like incredibly engaging. And maybe it did. I can't really speak to, um, you know, how, like, true PGA fans felt in, two, uh, you know, in 03 about about VJ. But he did play that asshole card.
1: Yeah, and but I, asking... I, I felt like he played the asshole card, like, really on the down low. Not so much that, like, people didn't know, but it wasn't publicly broadcasted. Yeah. Like, Cam's got well, some good VJ stories.
2: Yeah, next time you do your show with uh, Cammy Boy, just just toss a, v- toss a little red meat about vj and just let him choose his own adventure everyone will laugh because, like, many people yeah like, like many will laugh
1: There, there because we, we mentioned Speeth and brooks as a comp to what sheffler is doing right now i think there's a big comp to finau too. like Finau has two things going for him that Scheffler doesn't. Uh, Scheffler has one thing that he wins all the time, so that's something that Finau doesn't do. But Finau for years was like sort of like the lovable loser. Like that was an angle that he had to play. People liked people liked him. He's a nice guy, like Scheffler. People like him. He's a nice guy. But Finau could can't pull through. He always lets you down, but you always go back to Finau, and somehow that's made him more likable. And Finau actually seems kind of cool where Scheffler doesn't.
2: I was going to say the big difference doesn't matter how many trophies they'll each have Finau. Everyone will want at a party. Scotty Scheffler makes no difference if he's at the party like Finau busts a move. There's personality Forgetting the enormous family, which you're kind of surprised. Well, Scheffler kind of recently actually got married, so he probably just started having sex. So maybe that's why he's been so good, too. Yeah, but
1: yeah, I, I yeah you'd wonder like he
2: should have a Philip based on the rules that he has to live by. Um, he he, one day might have a Finao Philip Rivers um, travel travel long team because we didn't meet Finau till he was way older, where he already like had the kids. Scheffler still uh, still fresh, mm-hmm. and Scheffler could have won two or three big events before he actually won the big events, right? He was like Cam Young for a year.
1: Yeah, very much so. Like he finished top twenty in all four of the majors the year before he ended up breaking out. So it's all there for him. And the difference between him and Rom, because someone said that too, is like Rom's sort of a nothing burger. It's like that's not true. Everyone has an opinion on John Rom. You either like John Rom or you hate John Rom. There are very few neutral people on John Rom.
2: One hundred percent. And people are always. I, I like John Rom. I like him a lot. Can't bet him. I am sometimes, as always, enjoy as much as I'm a John Rom fan. Like, I like seeing knowing that boiling point is coming too. Like, even John Rom fans like to enjoy grunt when Grumpy shows up, I guess you would call it, unless you have money on him and he's deep into it, which is often the case, except the money part.
1: And with Scheffler, Sheff- it's sort of the opposite. He's just such a blank slate. I mean, that's it's a lot like Dustin in that way. It just you don't get that emotion from him, and that's what makes him such a fucking killer. Is that he's going to go out there if him just even when he ended up making bogey, the one bogey he ended up making on the back after rattling off the birdie streak to make the turn. You know, he puts it into the shit out on the right. He's like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just chip it out. I'll 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 give myself a par putt of twenty feet. He actually missed one for the first time all day, and then just taps it, and he's like, yeah, I'm still up by five. I wouldn't worry about that. Well, he doesn't seem to be concerned when things aren't going his way which is such a unusual skill that a golfer can have it's, it's one of the very top end skills a golfer can have and all the greats kind of have it and he has it too but it doesn't make it the most compelling tv just seeing some guy bomb it hit a fairway put it to 30 feet try to two putt half the time he makes it
2: when you make as many birdies as he's gonna make in a round you can swallow the bogey and he doesn't make doubles. Everyone went around there making numbers. Even the guys that played great made the numbers. All those guys at 10 made a double this week. Hideki, Vic, oh, um, wow. Homa, they all found a double. Uh, maybe more than one, to be perfectly honest. But they all have at least one that I can that I can cite. Scheffler, he doesn't even make double. He'll have no chance to lose without um, without that double.
1: KK. K- so we'll, we'll finish on Scheffler. Scheffler amazing. He's going to be the favorite at match sure. play where he's come second and first the last two years. He's now the favorite at the Masters out there. We did make our Masters bet and that number is gone now. So I hope people were following along on Twitter when I put that out. And it wasn't sort of like a recency bias thing based on one good round. We made the bet before the round started. And the moment we made the bet, Min Woo Lee holes out for Eagle on the first hole.
2: Yeah, Minwoo to win the Masters. Giggle away, boys. Giggle 100- away. Hey,
1: 150 as, to one's our lucky number.
2: Uh, yeah, th- there it is. Just, he's been playing well. I was sort of tilting that he could win because I think I'd bet him all through Florida. And like, no, nah, the player's just too big for him. You know, first time there, all that stuff. And I wasn't really interested in betting bombs. And as much as the players is a wild card event, Pat, what do we got? It's now Rory, JT cam smith scheffler yeah like it's just lining up like all the other majors now in terms of uh, uh, in terms of winner's circle i could yeah, back to it
1: back to that master's bet for minwoo minwoo made his debut at augusta a year ago and was t14 and when you watch his game it's augusta suited the dude fucking crushes it off the tee he was hitting it further than scheffler did and he's like five foot two or something like that and he has like an evil mustache which is just absolutely great stuff he has the short sleeve turtleneck which I very much enjoy and he's a young guy on the up and up and that's if you ever want to catch a long shot at the Masters you need to find someone whose talent is undervalued in the market and I mean he's down to like 60 to 1 now that I think that me you and all of our friends ended up crushing that number very much like the Homa number at the U.S. Open uh, a few months back after he had won at Tory. we all hit the 50 and now it's down to like 20 or something crazy like that but I just think that listen I'm not saying that Minwoo's going to win the Masters but he has the right skill set in order to do that. He crushes off the tee, his irons get super hot, and he's a really streaky putter. Really bad with his wedges, despite what Paul Azinger might say, where he's you know one of the best in the world with his wedges, where that is statistically very much not true. But I enjoyed, because of that bet, seeing him be in that final group and fucking fizzling out. Everyone who is an up-and-comer needs that. Before you get that on a big stage, and listen, I know that the players isn't the U.S. Open, and it isn't the Masters, but it's pretty damn close when it comes to the pressure that gets amped up, and especially with that much water lurking around, like the nerves can really get to you, and the nerves got to him. On Sunday, being in contention, trying to win $5 million. But now he's been through it. We've seen it with guys time after time after time. Before they actually get to their breakthrough, they go through this sort of thing. Remember Mike Weir paired with Tiger at the PGA Championship in the final group? And I think he shot an 80. Then he goes and wins the Masters like the next year. So you have to take your lumps a little bit. Uh, It's no different than any sport. You see teams kind of overcome and persevere, these young teams, but like the Chiefs got knocked out in the AFC Championship game. They lost that heartbreaker. Sometimes you have to lose on the big stage to know how to win on the big stage, and that's where I'm going with Minwoo right now. That's the narrative that I'm going to be putting into play.
2: Oh, yeah. When you're trying to chase something, you can always take solace in that, and especially when you're not invested in what um, that player is chasing that makes any sense like if you had money on him to win the players you would have felt differently probably about that meltdown we're sitting there with the masters long shot um yeah listen we've had uh our long shots been thomas peters before and you can laugh at it and all you got we've hit magic once before the yeah. he slay a dragon on sunday maybe maybe unlikely but um we're in we're loaded minwoo let's go
1: Yeah, let's have it. And technically, he's not even in the Masters as of yet, but... He With his sixth place finish at the players, he's now up to 45th in the world. He entered the week 50. So I think that the next cutoff is after match play, which he's going to be in. So it would be very hard for him to slip out because I was looking at the world rankings, like who can pass him? Well, guys, 49 and 50 in the world rankings are Gooch and Mito. So they're not getting any world rankings points between now and then. In fact, they're going to fall out. And Thomas Peters is directly above him, who's now also on live. So he's not going to collect any points anymore either. So I think minwoo is going to be pretty safe to be a masters invitee although if you make the bet and it uh, and he doesn't qualify you don't get that money back as we have found out the hard way a few times but i have my faith that he is going to be in the field of the masters and 150 to 1 i think there's still 125s out there right now but DraftKings sportsbook cut him to 66 like instantly night after he has a good finish boom he gone and uh, we're not seeing anyone else fall down the charts One other thing I wanted to talk about with the players, in the context of the Players' Championship, I thought it was a fun juxtaposition between... Remember with the year that Siwoo won and Poulter came second? And Poulter had that shot from the pine straw in 18. And he decided to just, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going for it. Although if I can get this, I still have a chance to win and beat Siwoo. And he was like, I am very content with laying this up and cashing my $1.5 million payday or whatever it was then. The solo second, it got him enough points to get into the Masters. Like it was very valuable for him to come in second. And Hatton yesterday was just like, fuck it. I'm going to aim at the middle of the water and try to hit a slice by the pin. And he fucking pulled it off. It was incredible.
2: What a goddamn shot. What a goddamn shot. Unfreaking believable. Um, I think in context, the situation was a little different because in that very moment, Hatton probably still thought that if I post 12, you know, this course is crazy. Um, And between Scheffler and what felt like the winds dying down, and honestly, they were never that firm on Sunday. I didn't see balls that... um, you know, we're sort of running off the green that were hit properly, unless they were spun off the green. But yeah, what a what a shot. What a shot. Uh speechless. Sp- like jaw on the floor shot.
1: Any other thing? Do you know who led the field and approach at the players?
2: I know Tommy was in fifth and he'll have to watch another Next year, when there's a rain delay, <laughs> he'll have to watch a replay of this one and see himself play like ass.
0: It's true. Because
2: he joked that they, you know, he's had, to, he was in the final group the year Rory won. And there've been a lot of rain delays recently at the player. So that thing gets replayed a lot. And he he he's, he gets to watch himself melt down on Sundays. Although this time they didn't really have to watch it because it wasn't on TV after the fucking second hole.
1: So guess- he
2: would have won fifth and approach.
1: He was not fifth in approach, but uh, he ended up dunking the ball on 17. He was 10th in approach for the week. He finished behind Lingmerth, Cam's guy, and Shane Lowry, who just legit couldn't make a putt all week. Uh, Morikawa beat everyone on approach, but his his putting was bad after round one. Like He wasn't even great in round one, but it was fine. The chipping was fine. The driving ended up being fine. But that's what cost him in this tournament. Like, he was still kind of, like, he was third going into the weekend. He was ahead of Scheffler. He was one behind Scheffler, whatever it was. And dude lost the ability to drive the ball the final two rounds. Like, when you have a drivable par-4 open to you on Saturday and Sunday, like that's the Morikawa bread and butter. That's how he won his majors. That's how he won his big events with drivable power fours because his driver was so locked in. He just, it's turning into a Justin Thomas situation where you never expected him to drive it 350 yards, but you would expect that he could have it dialed in 300 down the middle every time and just, that's gone. The irons are there and I think it's gonna come back around, but that really worried me watching him on the weekend when everyone's shooting 64 on Saturday and he's over par.
2: Yeah, I even like a one over par on Saturday probably feels like a six or five over par because a lot of guys even fought who were having ugly rounds, found those easy holes on the back nine and and took advantage of them. Um, Murth, that was fun to see. Did we uh, see a
1: shot of his on Sunday? I don't know. I don't think we did because I was talking when we were about to do the March Madness show. I was telling Tim, I was like, yeah, I think Lingworth was in like the second to final group. He's like, really? I don't remember that. I was like, yeah, he must have been like 85 today. I looked at it and I was like, no, no, he actually finished in sixth place.
2: I think he finished Sunday, Saturday worse than you think because I think he was at eight under. So he wasn't in those like last three or four groups. I mean,
1: he, he had to have been because he shot like even par, didn't he? I mean, it doesn't matter what David Lingmurth did. I just I thought it was strange that he wasn't on TV. I remember seeing his caddies nameplate on one of the Scheffler shots once they got, like, to the end of 16. I think he was waiting on 17 or something like that. Uh, they, they crossed paths at one point. I was like, oh, yeah, David Lingmurth is playing, and he was near the top of the leaderboard at some point. Um, anything else that you want to go to? Any any issues with Rory? Rory misses the cut. Rory actually played okay. couldn't chip to save his life. That's what ended up doing <laughs> him in.
2: No issues with Rory. Uh, he's probably got to take a big gulp as the other guys are playing so great before the Masters, and he isn't.
1: I mean, he, I mean, is he um, not? A, hold on, is he not playing well? Dude sorry, came, not as great. Dude, sorry, dude, dude came That's, second last take, week and won earlier this year.
2: <laughs> I I take that back. That the other guys are just playing as good or better, and he's playing well. Sorry, in the context of those big three feels like you'd probably rank him third for the masters um, at this moment, but things change quickly. uh, And I don't have anything bad to say about Rory, the golfer. That'd be impossible for me. Rory, the Statesman always talks out of both sides of his mouth. Like even when he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, there's a contradictory comment from previous or other, but he's gotten really obnoxious, with, his, with um, a lot of his talking points on, A, sort of the current landscape in golf, but I'll go even mainly to his comments like last week that people don't like seeing good players make bogeys. He's so out of touch, and it, it, there's a reason why he's struggling to win majors because they involve bogeys, and as his record shows, doesn't really win well or play well when the winning score is going to be under 10 under par
1: well um, in fairness to him he won at congo at like 14 under par i think there was one other player under par That's a
2: different golfer like I, I understand that
1: i understand that's a different golfer but at the same time that was an incredibly difficult track he just dominated it
2: yeah no that was him at his peak i agree there i would say since that he has not found an affinity for those courses which is strange because it is it's you're right it's totally unfair to bring that up I'm happy you're here. Without mentioning that on his resume, that is fabulous. That is, um, I mean, maybe I'm just in my little bubble of golf, but you,
1: you're, not that you're not wrong. Performance, I'm looking that at that
2: performance it- and like Brooks at Shinnecock, the two greatest, toughest golf courses I've ever seen, and those guys just took them apart.
1: Looking at it right now, you're kind of right. Since, I mean, generally speaking, he just comes out and when he plays well and we talk about it i think there was that debate going around too when the guys are playing their best who is the best we always talked about that for years and it seems like that may have shifted now that we always said that if tiger aside like tiger can't be a part of this conversation but if rory's a game showed up and he played at his best no one was going to beat rory because when you see that he gets locked in it's over. and No matter how difficult the course is, how easy the course is, when he's locked in, he's locked in. It doesn't really seem to matter. It's just that seems to be coming less and less and less prevalent now. And to go back and look at his wins, the only, like, low-ish score that he has won at, he won the Wells Fargo last year when he beat Answer by a stroke, and he had to take that drop. Uh, he decided to take the drop from like the unplayable and ended up putting it on the green and two-putting for the win by a stroke over answer at Wells Fargo. He won that at minus 10. Everything else, you know, minus 17, minus 21, minus 19. Resort course, Rory, is, is coming for you.
2: I have it here, and it from, it's from Josh Perry um, on Twitter, who who I enjoy, and he puts out good golf content. He loves betting the world. You know, he hates these, like, L.E.T. tour winners. <laughs> Maybe that's where we should be betting because the PGA Tour is not for us. Uh, one thing of note with Rory, he has 32 wins on the PGA and Euro Tours. One was match play. The other 31 were all double digit under par. A couple early majors he won could have been won at single digits. He just crushed everyone. But overall, he's shown what he likes, you know. And that was in in um, in response to Rory saying. The lead changing hands with guys making bogeys, not really birdies. I don't really see how people find entertainment value. What a fucking comment. (laughs) On that note, Pat, I'm not letting us get to Valspar yet. So I'm going to put air in DraftKings tires. They're the best. Sound DraftKings this morning. What did I see before Valspar odds showed up? WGC match play. And if you think I've lost money so far this season, you've got no idea what's in store when match play and the Masters happen in a 21 day window, friends. So load that shit up. Colin Morikawa, 35 to 1. Terrell Hatton is 40 to 1. He will go off at 28 to 1 in that tournament. You want closing line value? Go to DraftKings right now. Bet Hatton 40 to 1 to win match play. Bet Morikawa. 35 to 1 to win match play. They're going to make him putt out. It's a concern. Victor Hovlin, the way he's striking a ball, the triple bogey won't hurt us. There's a three in front of his
1: name at DraftKings. ROM, Rom is tied with Cantlay. In terms of the betting market. Same as Xander. Rob is like pulling a Brooks and Patrick Reed right now, where the moment he doesn't win the tournament before, people think he sucks all of a sudden.
2: Okay, I noticed that too. Rom at 14 to one, you could argue has great value. value. Yeah. And you, yeah, Sungjae's 18. Like these no. numbers are crazy. Yeah, is no,
1: like, a bad number. Xander, Cantley, and Rom are all 14 to one. One of those names is way different than the other two.
2: Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, you could find some good things. I couldn't really find anything deep good unless you're into the Hideki turnaround at 60 compared to the other. Like, Hideki's the same number as Bizayden Hope. You know, things will get reset. But there are some bets on here, Pat, that I think you can make pre-pod and
1: pre-bracket. Yeah, I, I like this Hatton number at 40 a lot. It's
2: going to be, if you're into CLV, which means dog, dick, and golf, I joke about that all the time. If you're on those CLV guys, Patton is the play here. That will be 28-30 to one next week. Don't even have Minwoo in the field.
1: Poor guy. Oh, they
2: don't. Good, yeah, good, good spot. Had yeah. look for.
1: He's that. not there. They do have Thomas Peters. I wouldn't bet on Thomas Peters. <laughs> put it that way.
2: Um. Yeah. No, you're not getting fair number with the real long shots. Like, there's a lot of readjustment that can go on here. But Morikawa, he's been great in Ryder Cups. Thirty five. It's kind of like past the point of no return in some respects with the number
1: like yeah and, and that hatton number will be gone because it's not like he's playing this week so he can't damage his number at all the only things you're gonna have sticking out in your mind are he came second at Bay Hill and he came second at the players pretty good for and we know how good he is at match play
2: yeah and yeah yeah that's that that's probably the best the one that I expect you can get the best CLV on on a really good player who i assume pat he's not even going to be a top seed no which you could argue that's a good or bad thing so yeah there's probably going to be a higher ranked player in his bracket that could be a concern but at 40 to 1 i don't mind it
1: now hatton will be a one and- hatton's going to be a one seed you know, I sort I, of look you at it, unless, but- I I'm looking at the like, it goes by the official world golf rankings. So he's seventeenth in the world right now, but Cameron Smith isn't playing in this, obviously, and he's number yes. five, so that will bump him right. off the
2: spot. Okay, good. Good. That's all right. We'll get our we'll get our um Yeah, again, pre bracket. I'm comfortable making that bet. Pre pod, pre bracket, all of it. All of it. The
1: the two and- the two seeds in this tournament are hilarious, by the way. Here are some of the Can't two wait. seeds that I'll list out to you right now. So you have Sung Jae and Tom Kim and Hideki. That makes a lot of sense. Then you have Kitiyama, Keegan, Hoagie, Horschel, Fleetwood, Harmon, Thagala, Straka, Rose, Seamus Power, Chris Kirk, Russell Henley, and Ryan Fox. Those are the two seeds.
2: What was that? was um yeah? And last year was Scheffler Kisner. Was that the final?
1: Yeah. Then it was you no. Know, it was a Horschel Kisner. No, Horschel Scheffler, or did Horschel beat Scheffler? Right, two years ago. Yeah,
2: but I think last year was Scheffler, Kisner, and Connors. I think may have been a, a deep run.
1: Yeah, Connors. So, Connors made the run. He played D. He beat DJ in the third place game. Of course, the third place game. DJ would have walked off the course if he wouldn't have gotten. You know. Yeah, and Connors is still eligible. Connors slipping down the world rankings. By the way, he's down to fortieth. Um, but I'm not Pat. The 21
2: day window between match play and the masters is probably the highlight of my golf year. Like it does not get better than that for me personally. Okay. No shit for DraftKings, but it is oh, I like I like f-
1: I like match play DraftKings. I think it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of strategy that goes into it. Okay, yeah,
2: fine. A lot of people rail on it in some respects, but but cannot deny the high level of of strategy that is um incorporated. In going, in going through it. And, and you're out of the gate facing dead lineups, right? Cause people are idiots.
1: Well, it, it all depends on, it's not that they're dead lineups. It's that they don't have the potential to maximize their lineup, which is almost impossible to do, getting like six of six through each of the quadrants and the brackets and try to have them play each other. It just never ends up happening, but that is your path to the most points. I will say that Fantasy Nationals lineup generator for DraftKings for match play is pretty untouchable with this. You can set up all of your rules very easily to make your picks to make sure that you're covered in each of the quadrants. But I had an idea last year is like, why don't you just double stack what if you double stack like one side of a bracket in like a cash game type of scenario? Would it work if you went like three and three and then had your guys play each other to guarantee that you had someone into the elite eight? You would need a lot of upsets to happen along the way and some of the bigger name, the chalkier names to get bounced. And I, I think we tried it last year. I think Sky has all the details on that, but we'll talk match plays next week. We'll talk tons about the match play.
2: Yeah. Aaron Wise is 40 to one. You can bet Ty Hatton at the same number.
1: Yeah. Can you throw 50 bucks on that for me? Ty? Terrell Hatton, I will do that. Thank you you very much.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: I really like Copperhead. Copperhead's a fun course. Copperhead's a difficult course. The rough has been grown out an extra inch this year. It's now up to 4 or 3.75 inches from 3 inches. You know, it's a big grower. Not just a shower anymore. It is now technically a grower. So, expect it to play even more difficult. I think they've... Been kind of mad with how Sam Burns has taken this, not really taking this place apart the past two years, but he's the back-to-back champion, minus 17 both years. They want this winning score to be around minus 10. They want this to be one of the more difficult courses that's out there. And we've seen some minus 5 winners, some minus 10 winners. I think that's a sweet spot for this tournament. If you're not going to have the greatest field, you've got to make it hard and make it interesting in that kind of way. Uh, Justin Thomas is playing in this field. He generally plays, and he has a chance to, I think, complete the Florida Slam. Here, Jeff. I don't think he's, I think this is the last one on his list in order to win. He's never won Bay Hill. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. He's won Honda and he's won the players. So he got those two. Now He He wouldn't even
2: go to Bay Hill if it wasn't elevated, I feel.
1: That is true. He hadn't played it in like eight years or something like that beforehand. But looking at DraftKings Sportsbook right now and checking out the Valspar odds, the top odds in the field: JT is the favorite at ten to one. Spieth is twelve. Burns is sixteen. Fitzpatrick is eighteen. Fleetwood, Keegan, Rose, and Hadwin are all twenty-five to one now. Fleetwood and Hadwin have been bet down from twenty-eight. I'll be perfectly transparent with you. I bet Adam Hadwin at twenty-eight to one. Why? Now he rates out number one on my fantasy national model, so that helps. He's won here before. And just I, I don't want to miss this. I, I think that Hadwin's playing some good golf. I love this course for him. And you know, if you have Casey going back to back and you have Burns going back to back, maybe bookend that with a Hadwin win to Hadwin win. It seems outrageous to bet Adam Hadwin at twenty-eight to one, but you know, I keep losing bets, so fuck it. I want to bet on the guys I want to bet on if I'm gonna lose anyway.
2: That's the attitude. How do you get out of your hole? Bet who you want to bet on
1: um and i have i, I winning I,
2: attitude it hasn't helped me but we're working
1: on it so i have another guy from up here that i do want to bet because i found a place where he's 14 to 1 i kind of want to bet Speeth. i think that speed is going to win yeah what's uh for 14
2: 14?
1: yeah 14 is a pretty cool place you can bet and uh, it uh. They're, they're listening to 14-1 to 1 right now. I mean, 12-1, to 1, like whatever. If you're going to go to the top of the board, you're going to be spending some bucks to try to get your bets to pay out what, they, what you want them to pay out. But I just feel like everything points to Jordan Spieth. He had a really good week last week. He's had a couple really good weeks in a row. The irons are back. We know he's going to chip. Can he make enough putts, and can he not be a disaster off the tee? Like, those are the two things that you need to mitigate. But if the rough is going to be grown out here, and it's going to be a difficult track, that's where I want Speeth, isn't it?
2: That is where you want Spieth. And the way golf betting is going in the last year, it's telling you don't overthink anything. Like identify the really good player and just bet them. Even if it means being angry at yourself on Thursday, that you didn't bet this long shot that got off to a good start, but he's still not going to win. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I I'm not betting it. I still have for what, whatever reason haven't taken the signs that say just bet like close to the very top i'm bet it i'm not gonna bet it but your case is strong
1: i just bet it speed 14 to 1 i ha- I have to change something up i'm not fucking winning any- i'm just losing every single week and the guys from like 20 to 1 and under keep winning every single week watch this be the week like a 300 to 1 wins whatever it is but... okay
2: so you're in on
1: hadwin you're in on um Spieth. those are the two that i want to go in- with
2: you're on speeth and whatever so you miss the dead range you get to come back in like knowing how you bet you'll just show up later um i, sure I,
1: I have one more guy that i am betting from inside 100 to 1 but that's it i
2: know who it is but of it's course, cheating cuz i think a, i a, saw you tweeting about it
1: it's the same guy that everyone has bet this week <laughs> what um, are okay, you what what are you what are you planning on doing at the top of the board do you think burns makes it a 3p like thomas was incredible at the players but he couldn't putt at all like the ball striking was out of this world good. Yeah, I'm not betting Thomas,
2: um not betting Burns. I'm not doing anything. Um
1: Tommy, you're Hadwin, Tommy. You're sta- I'm Tommy.
2: staring at Tommy
1: obviously.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't tell you to I'm not going to besmirch you, you know, just betting who you want. Um but but cuz Hadwin feels like the smarter play. Um, you sort of outlined it. Tommy just feels like the play for me. Maximum disappointment. I've always been disappointed here. Outside of, what was it? Uh, Luke Donald. This one's had like eight names. Hit a Luke Donald here like way, way back before me and you even started hanging out. But a lot of disappointment from like Graham Dillette to
1: Paul Casey. To to Patrick 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 Reed. I had a bad Jason Kokrak one. That was bad. Paul
2: Casey before he won back to back. Yeah. I didn't have any of those. I was betting Paul Casey here before he won here. So
1: yeah, I got to clear that up. Look at looking back at the past winners and who has played well at this tournament over the years. It's all live guys. This was the Stenson one in, or was that heritage? That was heritage. This was a bit. Yeah. No, this was the, this was the Stenson had the shits, had to quit.
2: Yeah, and people love this cuz Stenson's the premier three-wood guy, right? Yeah. I've burned a lot of money on Woodland here. I'll do it again. Dare me. You don't have to. I will.
1: He's he's um, won this event before?
2: Yeah. I probably wasn't betting him then. But No, uh, that was in 2011,
1: anyhow. I believe now. I am with you on Woodland. Uh he was someone I identified very early on, but with the way that now that I've bet Spieth, like I can't get to Gary cuz there is a guy that I like more around that sort of range that I am going to go to. And then that's kind of it for me.
2: So that makes a a lot of sense. Is there anything to say? I mean, Keegan Bradley, I will say um, one thing that I was surprised about in golf discourse last week, although I got tons of things wrong, the volatility of sawgrass and to a lot of people, Keegan Bradley was all of a sudden a reliable player, like a safe player in terms of the um draft kings and such and that was something i you know sort of fought back on before the event started and it was like listen keegan's playing well but the notion that he's like your safe guy people gotta bring a life
1: jacket yeah this is and now we return to the site of where full keegan actually was born
2: Again, do it one time you get a nickname forever forever although he always flirts with it uh Nothing else here for me. Although Rose is playing fantastic and not that it was up for debate. he's probably already locked himself onto the Ryder cup um, with the win. And now that player's performance, I don't see how he gets knocked out. There's no more veterans. It's true.
1: All right, let's go to the next range. Then I bet Justin Sue at 40 to one.
2: Okay. I knew you
1: would. And I knew you. you And when I did the research show, I looked at it. Wyndham Clark is a very attractive option this week. I think that Gary Woodland is a very attractive option this week, and I think that Justin Sue is. If I didn't bet Spieth, I would bet all three of those guys. But now I'm forced to make a decision based on my card and what I want to win this week, and i got to stick with the one guy that I like the most, and that's Justin Sue. I mean, he just – basically everything that I won on him last week, I can parlay over into this week. Dude's been playing incredible.
2: Yeah, uh, I see it all. This is a range where I even uh, – jeez, do I get sucked into the Davis-Riley – Vortex of of moments of awesomeness that woo me in, but just then just devastation coming. I don't think that Denny McCarthy seen it as high. I guess it's come down because I saw some forties. I thought that was really fair for how he continues to play uh, at a place where he could plot along, plot along nice. Uh, but Woodland Sue Riley Riley for for me and I wanted to ask if this is a Mav McNeely course because I feel like um, just little shot making courses can have have always been where I've lost money on McNeely in the past he's probably my favorite pick here a year ago
1: didn't end well I mean anytime that anyone has ever bet Maverick McNeely to win anything they've lost money
2: Yeah, he's won one thing your heart no, the race out of his dad's dick.
1: <laughs> well, would you rather... Who do you think is now higher up on that chain? Is it Mav McNeely or is it Pearson Cootie? I'm
2: not I'm not sure. I still think it's Mav McNeely. That okay. was a big race, though. That was a big race. It's a big race. There, big
1: there are some fun names in here, like the guys that I generally lose money on. Like... Ben Ann is in here. Brandon Wu coming off a nice week. Ben Griffin is now 45 to one. Did you know he's a loan officer? Didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah. What? How do you
2: put this? When you ingest so much of the PGA content, what I would describe it to, Pat, is someone who... Like, how do I put this? When you watch baseball, you watch every game of your team. It's such a localized broadcast that you know all those ins and outs. But then your team goes national, and those stories are just told relentlessly through that, like, ESPN broadcast that annoy the shit out of you because you've known them since spring training, if that makes any any sense. Yeah, I- exhausting. Exhausting. If you endure the wide gamut, get uh, – gambit or gamut what's the word the gambit yeah a pga content then by the time he is um doing the walk-along with the airpod for national telecast you're like you hate you can't stand the guy and his story but it, if you just turn on like the you know the 445 casual it's incredible it's yeah, perfect how do you not tell that story
1: i i, I don't i don't begrudge. The, the broadcast for constantly bringing in because all. most people aren't watching nine hours of coverage every single day and they have to like watch it 10 times throughout the course of the broadcast. It's no different than the Francis um, Umlette thing from the US Open last year that they just dropped into every time they'd switch broadcasts, like, you know, sort of this pre package. The other one was uh, Eric Compton's story the year at Pinehurst with Keimer where he was coming back from the heart surgery. It's like, you're now making me like turn on a guy because you won't stop talking about this. <laughs> because I'm watching so much coverage, I don't need to hear this every ten minutes. Like I get it; it's a great story. Now you're making me like, like go away or comp. I don't want to hear about this anymore. Like that's not it's the like position me- you want to be in. But that's for such a fractional part of the audience that you know that's that's part of the hits that we have to take because we're investing so much time into this and they want to get that story out to the mass audience. So I completely understand. So I but can't, it's a great. Really- I can't really begrudge that. The one thing that they did started to do a little bit towards the end of the broadcast at the players was mention how much fucking money these shots were worth. You know, during the race for the FedEx Cup and they have the FedEx Cup points on the screen, it's like, oh, he made a bogey. Here's where he drops to. They should have that with the money when there's that much money. If it's all about the money, and that's all this is about at this point, that you have to pay these guys you know, millions and millions, and it can't be a cut because they have to get paid. Well, then show me how much fucking money that Tom Hoagie is putting for. They finally brought it up, but going into the hole, it's like, hey, if, Ho- if, Hoagie, makes, if Hoagie Beach here makes par— Yo, he's gonna win an extra seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Then you get to his putts, like, hey, this is this, this up and downs for seven hundred and fifty k here. Like, show that on the screen what he wins with, what he gets with a birdie, what he gets with a par, what he gets with a bogey, that kind of thing. Like, that's compelling stuff. That's a genius
2: idea, uh, and it doesn't take an ideas man like yourself to figure that out. But I would literally put that as no chance, no chance. But I think you're one hundred percent. Right. And that would be compelling. Even our buddy Rick Gaiman, I think, had some ideas. Like they do these dumb Wyndham Rewards things or that, what is it, Comcast Top 10? Like take all that money and there should be like big purses for low round of the day or all sorts of things that can make the um, in broadcast experience like better. If we're looking to throw around money, like they do it with the dumbest things. There's ways. To, to I guess do it better but I agree they should emphasize that especially with the lower tier guys
1: So from 50 to 100, the guys that I'm not going to be betting these guys, because again, Spieth is going to take up. So Spieth and now Hadwin and Sue, those four guys, those three guys below 40 to one kind of takes me out of this range. What I call the Pat Mayo losing money range. But like Vegas is here. Ben Ann, I think is playing really well. Brandon Wu. uh, I, I might be able to get myself to Higo if I can find a triple digit on him at some point. Obviously, Aaron Rye is playing really well. I think Johnny Vegas is a really nice fit for this course. But there's one player in particular that I did want to talk about he hasn't played since the first week of february which is strange but now he's over here ready for his master's run vic perez is like 60 to 1 in this field he won in abu dhabi earlier this year yeah that one stood out um and
2: some places have labeled him pat perez (laughs) i've seen that going around on books Uh, and maybe we could peek at live tucson when we're, we're we're done but um yeah, that one is intriguing. And I'm known to waste money on that exact spot. Like that European who I feel is um, being not valued properly versus the field he's in on a course that is European tour-esque, as we've sort of spoken about a lot in Florida. It could be tight and narrow, penal, a lot of trouble, winning score. Um, so I think it could be right up his wheelhouse. I'll be... Really, inv- I'll probably inv- if I don't bet the outright, I'll probably like to do some things off of that sixty-six to one, with like placings or or something. We yeah. can find out. But I'm into the very popular Brandon Woo Pat. Okay, I mean it's easy to th- see. I think a lot of people went to bed last night thinking to catch something on him and DraftKings is the sixty-six, which I feel is top of market. So if you're interested in in Brandon, um. I don't know. I sniff like a dog around uh 75 to one Aaron Rye as well. Just always seems to, um, I don't know, find his way onto TV.
1: Unless you, in, 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 nice. in, he, unless you bet him at the Honda classic, like we all did. And then he, uh, he didn't have such a good go at the Honda classic.
2: Yeah, but he just, he, I don't know. He keeps it straight. He does sort of what I am looking for, but I am doing what I feel you are snapping out of, which is just saying, fuck it. I'm betting like two near the top, a guy in the mid that I like have a feeling on and I'm waiting to pop like a 90 or a hundred to one on a guy for me. Yeah. Like, the- that is, that is the card construction.
1: I, yeah. You're not wrong. I I'm just, I don't, I don't know. Spieth. Yeah, maybe, listen, Spieth's probably not your guy. I just like, I like what I've seen from Spieth over the course of the past two weeks at Bay Hill and the players. I thought he's played pretty well.
2: You are not wrong, and you could argue that those aren't ideal course fits for him either. So you take his performance and you give it an extra check.
1: And, and, And I do anticipate that this is going to play a little bit more difficult this time around and I think the more you ratchet up the difficult nature of a course the more it benefits speeth.
2: hard to disagree about that um it's going to be about making making those up and downs which who does that better than him other than Scotty Scheffler feels like nobody well um, Scott, Scott Scottie
1: that... Scheffler doesn't get the ball up and down he just gets the ball in <laughs> That
2: is, that is true. Did you see on that note on the broadcast this week, it was something good I think they did on Golf Channel when they had, I think it was only because they had technical difficulties. They aired um, those conversations with the like guy who created this the strokes gained and gave the insights beside it, behind it. Did you see any of that?
1: I did not, no. I, I spent most of my time watching the uh, ESPN Plus feeds, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, that's, that's that fair, but you know... some Pardon? Is that where it was? I, I don't know I I I'm not. Gonna, no, it was I'm not on. I think I guess it. I, I it was uh, on
2: the golf. It was on the golf channel. Okay,
1: I, I watch most golf with no sound on, except for like the final part of the final round, because I usually like I now just run on a treadmill while I watch golf. I listen to music. Yeah, that do.
2: makes that makes a lot of sense. The thing about golf is it's on um through the day, and you know you're just rummaging around the house, and yeah, I'm probably leaving too many screens on, but but yes, um okay, we can get back to it. We were. So the, the I was two, saying, g- I'll probably I'll be, waste money on Brandon Wu.
1: Sure. I I, listen, I I, 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 I'm, listen, I, I was in on Brandon Wu DraftKings wise last week. There is a Wu that I am betting this week, but it is not Brandon Wu. Uh, but Batia, Higo, and Pearson Cootie are all from like 80 to 1 to 100 to 1, depending on where you look. It feels like one of those guys could win this tournament. Cootie's just been making every cut.
2: He's been playing clean. This would be a nice, fun story for, for Baccia. Score the card and then um, win here. Um, I guess it's not as coastal as he would like, but it is in a coastal area.
1: Yeah, it's in a coastal part of the country.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, based on where I've seen his best performances, it was lovely to see Eric Cole.
1: Well, that, that was, know, that so was the it. other name I wanted to go to. Eric Cole, I like, get yeah, DraftKings has him at 66. He's a, like a hundred to one and more at other places. Like for a bomb, it's not like he played, he's been playing poorly. Not, not at all. Not, not at all.
2: Um, I don't see myself getting there, but I I don't mind that. I'm more attracted to the Higo call that um that's been poking around this morning. Of yeah. all those guys you mentioned,
1: I, I think Higo is the one for me because the Batia number all right, just it just in real time dropped to ninety to one at DraftKings Sportsbook, so that's nice to see. Like if we can Has, get if we, I'll, I'll probably end up on Higo at ninety, Batia. See if I can get him at a hundred. Lud- Ludwig Adberg's here as well, Cuss buddy.
2: Oh, yeah. World's number one amateur. He'll get a lot of air time. How has um, I been logged out of my Fantasy National? and can't remember my password. Smart. How poorly has Matt Neesmith been playing? Feel, this does seem like
1: I, that, I, the where course Where did I play him. him? I played him somewhere recently, and I think he was nine over par in the first round. I think he rallied in the second round, but it just wasn't enough. See, Trey Mullenix is another one who's been playing, so he didn't play so well at the players. I wouldn't expect him to play well at the players. But he kind of fits that coke rack mold of guys that are just fucking killing it, ball striking right now. And that's what we've seen. Like, look at some of the winners that we've seen here. Burns is kind of an outlier because he putts so well at, on Bermuda, but it's not like he had poor ball striking weeks. He actually lost strokes off the tee, I think, last year, like, fractionally, but still played really well on approach. But, like, Casey. And, like, remember that year, Like is Casey, Connors, Tiger. It's all guys that... You you expect to drive it well and hit their irons fantastically. Like that's generally who ends up prevailing here. Now, if it's harder, you're going to get more of the scrambling in there too. And that's inevitably what ended up costing Kokrak his win against Casey is that he couldn't get the ball up and down because he sucks at chipping. Mullenix has been on a nice run. It seems like he's cleaned that up a lot. Although I've had enough money on Mullenix over the years to know that doesn't generally go well when you need to get an up and down from Trey Mullenix.
2: Yeah, I remember when you needed that one. I don't really have a ton to offer in this range. Um, boy, Kirshner's been selling the Ben Taylor hard.
1: Just got married. last weekend, yeah. Pat. Skip the players the to wedding. get married.
2: Yeah. Uh, T5 at the Honda. He's already got two T- T5s this year. Good Bermuda putter <laughs> off the wedding. I'm like, I don't know if I'm there, but I love the angle. I love the angle
1: funny um, thing about Ben Taylor is he's been knocking out these really, like, the shorter-type courses, which would make the players, like, actually a pretty good spot for him. The sneaky thing about Valspar, it's a par 71, and, like, par-adjusted, it's really long. Like, it's 7,300 and, like, you don't think, like, 7,350 yards, not that long, but it's a par 71. Uh, it's a longish course, and I think that gets, it gets lumped in with the Heritage and the Sony, but I don't feel like it has anything in common with those courses, besides strength of field.
2: I guess, does it get lumped in just because of how, like, prevalent they're not using a driver off the tee has felt
1: here? Sometimes, but I think that's more like Stenson just, Stenson uses fucking three-wood everywhere. It didn't matter what the course was. He used it at the fucking Masters.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you, you make a good point as to what it is once you factor in what par is, then it is a lot longer than the perception because I do fall into the perception that it is, um, it's, not, it's not as long as, as
1: the others, and it is probably closer to something like uh, Heritage. I would think that the reason that's the case is because most of the best players in the world are absolute monsters off the tee. They hit it as far as you can possibly believe. Well, they don't fucking play here. So they don't have it. Like when Bubba played here, Bubba played well. When Dustin played here, Dustin played well. When Rom played here, Rom played well. Like they're hitting driver every time.
2: Yeah, even Sam Burns played amazing. He's hitting a ton of driver, I feel.
1: Yeah, Casey's hitting driver every time. So. You you can but the thing is it feels like there is a path to the shorter hitter doing it here because if you can keep it clean, keep it out of the rough, keep yourself out of trouble. You're just not going to get snake pitted, kind of thing. Any love
2: for you? I will not be part of this. But um there was the that Webb Simpson contingent last oh, week with that, was, that 200. I was, I was there. But I mean, it's still. I guess now that you mention it, it's like. A, Reminded me it's longer than my perception, I guess, is don't need. But I was like, it still can fit a nice, clean Webb Simpson week, 100 to one.
1: I think it's in play. This, I mean, when I was going back and watching throughout time, like a post-prime Sean O'Hare got to a playoff with Reed and Spieth at this tournament. Bill Haas who hasn't been good in 10 years, Got into a playoff with Charles Schwartzel at this course not too long ago. So the, the past the prime used to be good, that type of player, has flashed here in the past. And I mean, I think Webb Simpson is kind of fitting that bill right now. Yeah. So 100 to one and beyond. Uh, the two that I bet, I bet Kramer Hickok with five placement points. So a top five as well at 125 to one. And I bet Dylon Wu at 200 to one with the top five. I don't think there's that much separating Brandon and Dylan Wu.
2: One fifty, Dylan Wu.
1: Yeah. I, he, sure. If you go if you go to a place that's open three hundred and sixty five days a year, he's two hundred to one.
2: Okay, that's that's tempting. With your placings, it's yeah,
1: like Brandon right? Brandon Wu rates out better overall. But it's mainly because the long irons for Dylan Wu just aren't very good. Like, he struggles on the longer par fours. He struggles on the longer par threes. That's not great. However, when you kind of flip it around, the short game for Wu is a lot better. The bogey avoidance is a lot better. And he hits every fucking fairway, which is fantastic. And he hits a ton of greens and regulation. Like, overall, Brandon Wu gets it closer to the pin. And he tends to keep himself out of trouble. Plays the longer holes a little bit better. But I don't think it's worth four times as much in the odds. If people are like really in on Brandon Woo, just take discount Brandon Woo and take Dylan Woo. Discount Brandon Woo. I like that. There is a throwback name in this field that I haven't seen in like five years, which was a favorite of our buddy Drew Livingston when we worked at fantasy. Big on this player. And it's not SJ Kim or SJ Park, whatever the hell that guy's name was. Remember him? Is it
2: another Korean?
1: Uh yes. I'm 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 lost. It is. Oh no, he's not in here. I thought he was playing. I don't know why this came up on the (laughs) research show. Whatever happened to Wee Kim? Not a clue. Is he doing his military service?
2: No, but scroll I maybe he is. Wow, your boy Doug Gim, eh? The floor really fell out from under him. Poor guy, man.
1: Love me some Doug
2: Gim. The players was always his spot. looking at the very bottom here
1: um so i think we're good here i gotta make a decision between Higo and cole and batia and Cootie. i think those are like that that range that i can get into but i almost have a full card here so with five bets in i think that's probably gonna do it for me so let's go to the quick picks for the valspar championship spieth 14 to 1 adam hadwin 28 to 1 justin so 40 to 1 Hickok and Dylan Wu 125 and 200 to one each with a top five each way to go along with it with a, me thinking about Eric Cole Hick, Higo. I'll probably end up on Higo. I love Higo. And then I have maybe I'll think about I'm not going to bet Victor Perez. So yeah, you can check out the cheat sheet on Wednesday, but I don't see myself adding too many more names that aren't Higo to this list.
2: Uh, for me, Gary Woodland 50 to one um other than that i'm looking at sue i'm looking at riley i am looking at brandon woo oh my god what a grow! maybe you should just bet like jordan spieth
1: like what am i doing yeah instead of, instead of betting all those guys like, but thomas, and-, bet, like, bet thomas if- and spieth for the same amount of money and maybe you'll win
2: <laughs> honestly i could bet like Spieth, Tommy, and Woodland and call it a week and just bet a good player and my guys and then just be out of here and lose money that way. I've bet Gary Woodland. I've bet Gary Woodland 50-1.
1: to Enhanced win only. One and done for the week. I'm taking Spieth. Cust is taking Keegan Bradley. Who you got? Tommy. I have to go make sure that you haven't taken Tommy yet. I wouldn't have... He didn't play Honda. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You have not used Tommy and I have not used speed. So we're and good like, to, honestly, when else it's,
2: it's our last run in Florida for the year. He's so far off the, I'm not going to pick a hundred to one, 120 to one guy to at the PGA championship and one and done. Like there's
1: no other place. There's no other place. We're using it. I'll, I just got a hundred to one on Higo. So Higo, I'm in on hundred to one. Perfect. Where yeah. is it? um i'll tell you off air oh i can't oh, I can't sure. mention yeah can't mention that one <laughs> i hate them anyway there we go all right that will do it on the pat <laughs> mayo experience jeff can you join this bracket as everyone should so we can get money to charity yes
2: i absolutely will join the bracket i am pro charity even if i am ineligible to win being a mayo media you can win employee of some sort i can i will still make sure they enter for charity
1: i can win it so you can win it too everyone gets one shot one free entry the link is down in the description or you go to leaguesafe.com slash mayo madness in order to get your entry it's twenty five hundred dollars to first i think it's a thousand to second all the way down to fifth plus Scott Fishbowl entries but the big thing is that for every person that enters the bracket a dollar goes to the Fantasy Cares charity up to $25,000 so let's try to max this out and get as much money to that charity as possible the link down in the description right now. Just checked in to see if the listeners league popped up. It did not. So I will add that into the YouTube version of this show once that becomes available. So check back. I'll probably tweet it out at this point too because I do want it to fill because if it doesn't fill, then they'll make it smaller. Although if they don't give it to me till fucking Wednesday, then what the fuck am I supposed to do? Anyway. I don't need to bother you with the semantics of that. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo, however, you get the monthly, you start getting match play, you start getting masters, all within that range. So I highly recommend that you go do that. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself that 20% off. I Smash the like on the way out, and I will see you next time.
2: Family Experience! Experience!